0: So, uh, good morning, everybody. Afternoon, or good evening, however this may catch you. My name is LaBernis Agnew. Um, this podcast is called RPTS—Regular People Talking Shit. Um, basically, I really just wanted to bring this podcast to you in light of basically what has been happening in recent events with Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd because I really feel like there's been a lot of uh, information that's really been missing um, in regard to a lot of the information that we're receiving on news programs, especially national uh, television news, that are really, in my opinion, leaving out um, a lot of uh, basic uh, information that might be undesirable to people, but I feel like is important nonetheless. Um, So, uh, with that said, you know, we're going to get this started. You know, this is the first episode. Um, The first, the the way that this is the first episode again, the way the format will kind of work is I will be joined later by uh, two other co-hosts, but with this first topic, I really felt so strongly about it that I wanted to uh, really bring this to you all myself because it may be controversial to some, uh, but I, I mean, I really do feel strongly about this. So again... The, uh, the podcast is rpts regular people talking shit my name's labernus agnew i got the nickname tank and that's really what i go by because when i was born i weighed 10 pounds nine ounces so my mother gave me that nickname so it isn't any name that i picked up in the street or anything like that um, she's actually never ever called me my real name ever unless maybe I, she was making a dentist appointment or something like that and She said it to the the dentist or a doctor's appointment, but she surely made sure that she knew to tell them like his name's LaBernice Agnew, but we call him Tank. So, um, you know, feel free, uh, you know, however you may want to address me. It's perfectly fine. It doesn't really bother me either way at this point. I used to hate my name, but now it it is what it is. So that's fine. But what I wanted to talk about today is what I consider to be a syndrome. And I was going back and forth between, do I want to call this a syndrome? Do I want to call this a disease? But I did settle on syndrome. And the reason why I did that is because of how it doesn't necessarily have a defining cause. And so let me back up a little bit. A disease is characterized by having a defining cause with a distinguishing set of symptoms and treatments that go along with that. So basically, okay, I find out that I have a cold, okay? I know what those symptoms are and I know what the treatments are so I can uh, get rid of that cold. However, a syndrome is a little different. Now, a syndrome is basically a group of symptoms that might not necessarily have a defining cause. So that's very important as to why I've gone with the term syndrome for what I'm going to discuss a little later rather than disease. Now, uh, I want to go back and I want to tell you a story because a lot of times what we're seeing is uh, people in the in the news like Candace Owens or just a lot of these media pundits that are putting out these narratives about African Americans where, oh, uh, well, this African American suffered this uh, brutality by this police officer because um, he had a $20 uh, fake check or a $20 fake dollar bill. I'll I'll be honest with you. I really, to this day, don't even know if it was a $20 bill or if it was a check or what it was, because honestly, to me, it really didn't matter because that man should not have lost his life for whatever, uh, uh, whatever that was. That man should not have had a police officer on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, and that police officer feeling entitled to that even though he knew that he was being recorded, he still felt the entitlement to be able to do that. And there's a reason why he felt that entitlement. And I'm going to discuss that later. Um, I worked at this uh, collection agency downtown for years uh, to be able to support myself throughout college at Ohio State. So I remember one day I was Uh, going to move my car because when you work downtown uh, a lot of times what the offices will do is they will have a group of people walk out to their cars if you work past I don't know eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night because there are so many people that work downtown that they have built you know they have garages so uh, you have to walk to the garage to get your vehicle and a lot of times it's, you know, it's pretty far, maybe a block or two away from where you actually work. So uh, they will have you move in groups of people if you work, you know, later in the evening because they don't want you to be, uh, you know, possibly harassed, uh, you know, by someone who could be downtown. Or if you get on the elevator to go move your car, they don't want somebody to, you know, to possibly harm you or anything that could possibly occur in a garage downtown late at night or when it's getting dark i mean we all know what could possibly occur or the, the danger that could occur from that so <clears throat> i'm part of uh, group uh, let's say, just say i'm part of group two as far as a set of uh, people who are to move their vehicles and bring them behind the uh job that way once they do get off they're right behind uh, the job and they, you know, they can pull off and they don't have to worry about walking a block or two in, in the dark and then going to get their car out of a dark or a dimly lit garage. So what happened was with a group of people that I was set to walk over with and move my vehicle with, I got stuck on a call talking to uh, a customer in regard to a payment or something like that. And I was, l- I was late uh, moving my vehicle so I could see the group that I was assigned to go move my vehicle with ahead of me, probably about a half a block. And I was trying to catch up to them, but I could also see uh, two police officers on bikes and they had uh, another uh, gentleman, a black man, uh, basically apprehended. And they, I don't know what they were talking to him about. I never, I never found out, um, but they were talking to him. And I could I could see this, but I was, you know, trying to catch up with my group so I could move my car behind my job and, you know, get back to work. So as I'm moving uh, past the officers and heading toward the garage, I could hear a, a, a voice say, hey, you. And when I heard the voice, I didn't turn around. I didn't react to it. I just kept walking. Now, when I kept walking, I heard it get louder. Hey, you, turn around. So finally, at this time, I turned around and I could see the police officers motioning for me to come back. So I'm like, what, what do they want with me? Why, why, why do they want me to come back? So I started walking back to the officers. And when I approached them, one of the officers said, didn't you hear me calling your name? and I looked at him and I said no I didn't. All I heard was hey you and my name isn't hey you. That's not what my mother named me. So no actually I didn't hear you calling me. So at that point the officer asked me for identification and I asked the officer why do you need my identification for what? So the officer said there was a bank that was just robbed. So I got confused and I I was really, I was really dumbfounded at this point. I'm like a bank. So I asked myself, well, where are all the other police officers? Is it just you two out here on bikes? Really? You know, a a bank was just robbed. So the officer continued, give me your license, give me your identification. And I continued to ask officer for what, why, why are you stopping me? What do you want my identification for? So Actually, I went to get my identification because I just wanted to uh, just get out of. I just wanted to get away from the police officer just so I can move my car and get back to work. As soon as I went to put my hand in my pocket, both police officers pulled out weapons. One police officer pulled out a taser while the other police officer pulled out a gun so when the police when they pulled out the when they pulled out the gun and when they pulled out the taser i just put my hands up like oh well, you know what what's that for and i could feel this immediate adrenaline just rushing through me where i could just feel this pain just going through me and i just started sweating profusely and I was, I was honestly i was scared um so they just they just started screaming at me don't move don't move don't move don't move and I'm, i'm asking them what did i do what did i do what did i do So they're just still screaming, don't move, don't move. So one officer took my wallet uh, and then patted me down while the other officer, who was the officer holding the gun, kept the gun on me. So the officer with the taser put the taser up and started patting me down. Now, mind you, I'm at work. And let me explain to you what I was wearing. I was wearing a yellow and blue striped button down shirt with a yellow and blue tie and blue pants in dress shoes so uh, uh, uh it was about probably about five o'clock in the afternoon uh so uh, i mean of course and it's downtown so i mean i'm i uh, i'm i the part i mean i definitely looked the part I, I look like i quote unquote belong where i'm supposed to be uh however they, they didn't see that and by this time the, my uh, co-workers who I was set to move over with had started moving their cars over. And when they started moving their cars over uh, to the uh, to behind uh, where we worked, they could see me over there being apprehended by the police. And you could, some of them, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And at this point I was just so shocked. I didn't even speak. I just pointed to the police officers like, I don't know, you, you you tell me if I'm okay. So, <clears throat> Uh, apparently, you know, they must have told a director uh, that um, or the director of our of our job that, you know, uh, LaBernice is out there being uh, apprehended by police officers. You might want to go out there and check this out because, you know, it doesn't look good. Um, and meanwhile, uh, the police officer took my identification and uh, what well, we, you know, just ran a 50 on me, basically, you know, where they checked to see if I had any warrant or anything like that where they needed to basically take me to jail. I, I don't know. Uh, but, um, uh, the, you know, I, I didn't have any, of course. Um, so uh, they, you know, they ran, uh, they uh, they saw that I didn't have any, uh, you know, any warrants on me. But, uh, and the police officer, um, you know, handed me back my identification and told me that, you know, all I had to do was comply. And if I would have complied, then none of this would have happened. And, you know, I wouldn't have been apprehended for as long as I was apprehended. And at this time, the director was coming out there to get me uh white gentleman, nice gentleman. Uh, he'll remain nameless for the sake of the podcast. I really just want to tell this story because it's what uh, it refers to the actual syndrome that I want you all to understand in regard to what we see in these events came out and got me like no he works here uh he's one of he's one of my employees you know what did he do uh so they just explained that you know uh well uh we we just wanted to ensure that he wasn't someone who we were looking for but that wasn't what they had previously stated they previously stated that a bank had been robbed but we'll we'll leave that we'll leave that there and uh this occurred on town street downtown so i i know you all who are from columbus are familiar with that area so it was 236 East Town Street. I was right behind that building in that uh, garage that sits uh, diagonal to uh, that, uh, that building is the building that is, I'm sorry, is the garage that I was basically trying to get my vehicle out of. And, you know, I, I made it out of that unscathed. I, you know, I wasn't shot. I wasn't maimed. I wasn't hurt. But I say that to say this. I wasn't being a good nigger. I wasn't being a good nigger. And I know that is something that a lot of you might say, like, you know, that's unfortunate, or why would he say that? But it's very, very necessary to say, because something that you're not, you're not going to hear in uh, society or on MSNBC, CNN, Fox, BBC, I don't care what you listen to, something you're not going to hear is this. Western civilization, uh, the United States really suffers from what I like to call the good nigger syndrome. And what I define the good nigger syndrome uh, is as the idea of how white people think black people should act. And it's also followed up by black people's need to conform to it because you will see many, many times where in the eyes of white America, this is how they think that we should act or we should carry ourselves in a particular way or we should uh, move in a certain way when that's not you know, particularly beneficial for us and that's just comfortable for them. And that is where we find ourselves a lot of times. And in each case, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, they were not being good niggers. And I, it, Breonna Taylor is very, very interesting to me. Very interesting to me. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of times black women are lost in the shuffle when it comes to um, these type of uh, reconciliations and these type of events. For example, we've heard about Ahmaud Arbery, we've heard about George Floyd, but we don't hear about Breonna Taylor. And you know why? It's because she was, I won't say the good nigger, but she was somebody who was doing what she was supposed to do in the eyes of white people. She was an essential worker, and especially in this time of COVID, She was more than necessary. She is a superhero in my eyes. I mean, she's a a frontline worker. However, her boyfriend was the one that wasn't being a good nigger. Because when he wanted to defend himself from the attack from somebody breaking into his home where he didn't know who it was and he wanted to defend himself, which is his right, he was then he was then accosted and he was attacked and which led to, unfortunately, Brianna's death. And charges have been dropped for him, thank goodness. But in that instance, that's what he he was not being what they wanted him to be in their eyes. And that cost her her life. We saw the same thing with Ahmad Arbery. Even if there are stories that he was looking in some home or. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. That man did not deserve to lose his life. The same with George Floyd. Okay, even if he did have a fake check or a fake $20 bill, why did that man deserve to lose his life? The reason why he was able to lose his life and they felt entitled to do that is because of that syndrome that I feel that we suffer from. He wasn't being a good nigger. And I strongly strongly feel that this is something that really needs to change. Um, I ask myself, you know, why, why is that term necessary? Why is the nigger even necessary? Who created that term? It wasn't created by African Americans. We didn't create that term regardless if you hear African Americans say, yeah, you know, we turned it we turned it around. Um, we took the e off, E-R off of it and we added the A as a term of endearment. I, I don't disagree with that. However, what the first thing you hear is how we turned it around. So if we turned it around, that means that we weren't the ones that created it to begin with. So if we weren't the ones that created it, then the people who created it felt it necessary for that to be there. So why is the nigger necessary? We have to ask ourselves that. Why is that term necessary? Why is it necessary to have that in society? Now, another thing that I would offer is for somebody to create something, it has to reside in you. You can't create anything or... Think of anything or conjure anything that isn't already deeply embedded within yourself. So I ask yourself, who really is the nigger in this case? I'll leave that at that. Now um, we have to really examine, you know, society as a whole when we think about the term okay if you don't want to say what I the term that I just said what about being a good American now when I say a good American I mean something very differently than what a lot of times white America means when you see white America a lot of times uh, maybe in the south a lot of times you see how they love the American flag how you know you'll see uh, a lot of a lot of uh, American ideals uh, where it's just, you know, just a flag and just I'm proud to be an American and proud, uh, born in the USA, a lot of, you know, just a lot of these terms that you hear. But when we say it, we'll say I'm an American, but it means something entirely different. We don't grab, we're not grabbing on our lapels and saying I am an American. We're saying I am an American, just meaning that we are formed in a certain in a a certain crucible uh, as James Baldwin would would describe uh, or a certain basically uh, just in a society where we're all created together almost like a melting pot and we are children of this society the same way that everyone else is we may be the most despised but yet and still we are still children of this society now that brings me back to the term nigger. That's why I feel that is needed because you can't get rid of us. So since you can't get rid of us. You'll need to try to control us in a certain way, which is then why I feel that term is needed by them. It's not needed by us because we know that we're not that. So that's just something that I wanted to discuss with you all uh, because, I mean, I really felt strongly about that. And uh, again, you know, this is just something that was on my mind. Um, this is going to, It's going to be a, a different format um, than what I'm giving you now. I just really, really wanted to get that out because it was just something that I felt really strongly about. Um, I have more incidents that I'm going to discuss further with my co-hosts. Uh, At greater detail, especially about incidents at work, because you really see incidents at work where the term that I explained really comes into play Um, because you're around these people every single day. And being in the corporate world, as I have been for the past, I don't know, 15 years, Uh, Ever since, you know, I've been in college and trying to, uh, you know, just gain knowledge and seek education. I've seen so many different um, incidents where um, they've just wanted us to be a good nigger. Um, I have another incident uh, that, you know, I will go ahead and tell you, forget it, uh, about where basically I was at work. And I wasn't being a good nigger. So, there was a time when <clears throat> what I would do is I would, every uh, February, I would do Black History Month. And I would send out emails every day about different topics about, uh, you know, African Americans that... um you know that basically about you know just about us you know uh, just bigging us up uh, whether it would be about uh, SNCC, uh, H. Rap Brown, Stokely Carmichael, yeah, uh, just trying to give you know lesser known figures uh, sh- to time to shine because you know we know about Malcolm X we know about Martin Luther King we know about Rosa Parks we know about the Civil Rights Movement but there are a lot of people that are lesser known that deserve to be known. Uh, more about. So what I would do is I would, I would, you know, create emails, I would put a lot of effort into it. And just, you know, kind of discuss, you know, just events that, you know, have affected African Americans or discuss, you know, uh, really, you know, famous African Americans or just African Americans who have really been trailblazers or, you know, just have, you know, created milestones for African Americans, just people who deserve time to shine. So I would do that throughout the month. And I remember there was this one time when I had created one, one particular email about Jim Crow. And in that Jim Crow email, I said, I remember it vividly. That it started out like this. Over the past week, we've heard about these two incidents. The Jussie Smollett story and the topic that I want to discuss next. And it was referring to Jim Crow. And it was about, you know, the time when the governor from Virginia had that picture that surfaced where he uh, was standing next to somebody in the KKK uniform and he was in blackface, or he was the one in the KKK uniform standing next to somebody in blackface. That still hasn't been uh, totally understood as to which one he was, but we do know that he was one of the people in the in the photograph, along with the Gucci face mask, had the, the the black Gucci face mask with the red lips and the the shoes um, uh, that had the, the black shoes that had the red lips on, them. along with Jussie Smullett. All that was happening around the same time. So basically, there was somebody who created an HR complaint about me because they were upset about the email and they said that I was making fun of Jussie Smullett. Now, when I was talking to the HR person, the reason why I was so confused at first is because at the as, as job I had where I, where I was a supervisor, they gave me a team of people who they deemed as undesirable or people who they just seemed that they, they deemed problem children. So they gave them to me once, you know, I. Did what I did, and I was the good nigger, and I was, you know, I worked, my wife worked, I worked real hard, and I, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I was, I, I, I worked. Finally, I, you know, I, after, after, you know, seven years, I, you know, I was able to move up, and finally, I'm here after seeing my, you know, my white counterparts getting it after six months. And finally, after seven years, I got it. You know, I was, I was good for long enough. I got it. And then, you know, I get this team, and you know, and then they. there was constant you know issues on the team so I would always get you know HR complaints about particular people on the team or things like that and I would always go to bat for them mean, there were so many times where they just don't even know about things I would go to bat for them for just that's just what I did because I just fought for them so I'm thinking that okay what am I in this HR office for again this time what what has one of my people done this time you know whatever what do I have to do this time to, you know, to straighten this one out? What do, what do I got to do this time? But actually, when I sat down, it was about the HR complaints. So I was totally dumbfounded. It's because at that point, after all the fighting that I had done for, like my associates and things like that, I was I wasn't being a good nigger. So they were not really concerned with, you know, me as far as, my feelings are concerned and what really mattered to me so it was really just about you know just looking at me as oh this he isn't he isn't what we thought he was so you're we're going to treat him differently now and i i saw it and it was apparent so because i had done these emails for years prior no problem but now that i had started fighting for my associates more and more and more because you know, it wasn't just myself who I was concerned with. I couldn't, I could see the animosity and the tension growing. So this email gave them an opportunity to kind of, you know, basically, I don't know, set me straight. And they were like, well, we could see how the email is construed as, um, a, a, you know, a, a dig on, you know, I don't know, maybe gay Americans or, you know, just a shot on Jesse Smudge. So that's when I had to stop the White white woman, of course, in HR, and make her aware that, you know, this isn't anything. I don't have anything against Jesse Smollett. I don't even know who that is. But is it the truth or not? Did we or did we not hear about him in the news over the past week? Did we or did we not hear about the governor of Virginia over the past week and what, you know, and blackface and the KKK? It's simple. Yes or no? Have we or have we not? We have. So it's not my opinion. If we've heard if we've heard this, that's a fact. So I've taken careful consideration to make sure that, you know, that, um, you know, that this isn't anything I'm giving you an opinion, about. I'm just giving you facts. And then that's it. That's my that's how I'm contributing to Black History Month by trying to educate people on facts about African-Americans that they may not be aware of. And it's about and that's just how I opened it up was just because that's that's what we heard about. There is nothing in there. That's my opinion. I didn't say anything else. But the fact that we've heard about Jussie Smollett in the topic that I'd like to discuss next. So after that, um, you know, it was uh, you know, it was it was just left. And, you know, it was basically, you know, okay, well, you go ahead and continue to send out your emails But I was kind of just done at that point. I didn't want to offend anyone. So I I stopped sending out the emails because I wanted to, you know, be a good one again. And, you know, basically get back, you know, in good graces. So I say this because I'm I definitely am affected by this syndrome. Definitely. So, I mean, I definitely have to be honest and and get that out there because these these narratives that are being put out there are false narratives. It's just that with African-Americans, we're not being good niggers to them. And then a lot of times it's costing us our lives. Another incident I had after the African-American, after that email that I sent out for Black History Month was what I call the Skittles incident. So the Skittles incident was hilarious. So I remember there was this one time I was in my manager's office and we were discussing a plan that I was going to take basically to... um, get numbers up regarding just some errors that had been made on the team just you know just 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 common errors that needed to be cleaned up and she had offered me and my uh team lead at the time uh, skittles and i don't eat skittles so i put them on my desk and i went up to basically where basically there's what was called a monitor station. And I went up there and I'm talking to my team lead. I'm telling him, this is how we're going to attack uh, this work. This is what we're going to do to get these numbers down. This is the contest that we're going to do. This is the motivation, you know, this basically to be able to mitigate errors and, uh, you know, just get it, just get it back on track. So at, during that time, I, there was like this uh thing that had gone around in the office where I guess people had been doing edibles or I don't know something like that um where I guess you know like people were passing this out in in, like a different area so I I had no idea that that was going on so there there was this girl that had walked past myself and she asked she said "Ooh, what are you guys eating and my team lead says Skittles. Do you want some? And he had already been eating his. So I was like, Well, I have a pack on my desk. If you want those, you can have those. And she went and got them. And at this time, you know, I was the the the, the thought about me was just that you know he's 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 a troublemaker. He's he's not going to work. He doesn't. He's not going to work with us. He he's going. He keeps going against the grain. So they were really hanging me out to dry at that time. And it was really just me just hanging around, just trying to make sure that I protect just, you know, people who I felt like, you know, I just wanted to protect, you know, in regards to the climate that we were under. So apparently there must have been a witch hunt that had been going on from this this edibles thing that had been going on in the office where they were just anybody that had been involved with that was, was being terminated. And I believe it was a Wednesday when I offered those Skittles to the young lady, and she took them. And then I believe it was a Friday when, long and behold, again, guess who's getting, being back called to HR. So I'm getting, I'm being back called to HR, and again, I'm back thinking like, okay, what have one of my people done this time? Okay, what did somebody said to this person, or what has somebody said to that person, or what has this person done to upset this associate on that person's team? So this is what I'm prepared for when I'm walking, because, I mean, again, I, you know, it's been some time since the Black History Month emails had passed. And, um, you know, I was, you know, I was back in good graces, so to speak. The thought, so, so I thought. So I get into the HR office and the woman is like, hi, Laburnus, you know, it's really uh, good to meet you after this all this time. Um, you know, because, you know, a lot of times I've been, I've been speaking with this lady over and over and over again about, you know, associates who would complain about my associates and just, just confrontation that, that, that will be had among my associates with other associates. And, uh, she had this folder open and she was like, yeah, have a seat. And then she was like, you know, how are you? I'm like, you know, I'm fine. And I'm just waiting for the other shooter to drop. Like, you know, what, you know, what is it lady, so I can, we can get on with this? So I can get back to work. I got stuff to do. So she um, was like, "Hey, do you know anything about Skittles?" And I just like Skittles. I'm looking at her. I don't know. You talking about candy you eat? I don't know what are you talking about Skittles. She was just like, you know, just Skittles. Do you know anything about Skittles? So I'm like, well, the candy you eat, uh, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about, a, 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 a street term for a drug? Or I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? So at this time, I'm starting to get frustrated because I'm like, what do you want? I got stuff to do. I'm trying to get back to work. What, what are you talking about, Skittles? So she's like, yeah, well, it was brought to our attention that an associate overheard you talking about Skittles with another associate. And I'm like, Skittles, I don't know what you're talking about. And I I brought up the, I brought up the fact that I, uh, that I had those Skittles because I want you all to be aware that, you know, I did have those Skittles that was actual candy. But at the time when the woman had brought me in there, days had passed and I forgot about the meeting that I had had with my manager and my team lead, where she had offered that to us. So I'm just totally dumbfounded. Like, what are you talking about? Skittles? I don't know. Um, what you're talking about so she said well it was overheard that you were giving skittles to an associate i'm like are, are, are you talking about drugs and she was like well what do you know about that i was like well uh I, nothing what, what are you talking about uh she was like well um there, there have been associates who have had edibles and like well i know there have been uh people that have gotten fired because of it uh but i have nothing to do with it so are, what are you referring to she was like well Um, You know, uh, do you know anybody who has had Skittles or 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 anything like that? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So at this point, I'm just frustrated. And I kind of understood that she's basically saying that somebody's been working here for seven years and then here what selling drugs or something. I've worked this hard and moved up this and moved up this far and done everything that I've done. I've graduated from college and I've never been in jail You know just done everything the right way quote unquote don't have any kids not married yet trying to do everything the right way quote unquote and i'm in here confronted with this so i'm upset and that's basically what i had said to her like you know um, this is upsetting to me that i find myself in here talking to you about this so at that time we had a fire uh, a tornado drill and the the and i knew that the drill was coming and she was like, what, what is that? I was like, that's your tornado drill. And I knew it was two o'clock in the afternoon in, uh, at that time. So she's like, well, okay, well, we'll, well don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll just finish this up later. And I'm like, no, we're, gonna finish. We're, going, we're, going to get we're going to get to the bottom of this. So I went to my, ma- before, while the people are getting ready for the tornado drill, I'm like, man, this is not a real tornado, man. I know what to do for a drill, man. I ain't got time for this. I got to get this figured out, man. This, this, this is a drill. What I'm dealing with is real life. It's not a drill. Go to my manager's office, and I'm like, uh, "Do you know I was just confronted with HR about some type of Skittles thing, or about Skittles? I don't know if they're talking about drugs or something. I have no idea what they're talking about." So she's like, um, uh, "Yeah," she's like, "I don't know." She's like, uh, "I haven't heard anything about it, but have you ever have you ever been confronted with this about about that before?" I'm like, uh, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." So she's like, "Well, don't worry about it. We'll get to the bottom of it." So I just leave out of her office. And I'm like, all right. So I go stand up in the line along the wall, getting ready for the tornado drill. I see my team lead. So I'm upset. And I'm telling him like, man, do you believe what just happened? Blah, 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 blah. So I go back and I'm telling him about the the story, about uh, basically what I've just discussed about the Skittles incident, about being in there and her asking me about Skittles. And he just looked at me and smiled. And he's like, Oh, don't don't you remember we you did have skittles. And I'm looking at him like, "Whoa, what you talking about? No, I didn't. I don't know what you talk. What skittles are you talking about?" So he said, "Yeah, we did. Remember when we were in her office and she offered us those skittles." And as soon as my team lead said that, my the, the, I mean the bell started ringing, the lights went off. The, I mean, everything just started. I'm like, "Oh my god. I did have skittles." actual skittles so i i go i run back to uh the hr and after the tornado drill and i just said yeah i know exactly what you're talking about she just jumped up and looked and she was ready to like write stuff down as, as if you know i'm coming in there like yeah i got information for you now yeah i got information for you those skittles that you're referring to were actual skittles. The candy, yeah, the actual candy that you guys sell here in the kiosk. that's the skittles that you were referring to because the, my manager gave me a bag of skittles that I put them on my, and I put them on my desk and I put them on my desk, but I don't eat skittles, so another representative asked for some and I gave them that bag of skittles candy. You should, you should have seen her face get red. And typically, or not typically, but every single time when there's an HR complaint, even with my Black History Month emails, it would always be cleaned up afterwards where, oh, the investigation has been concluded. And, you know, um, you, there's no, there's no further investigation needed. In this instance, I never heard anything else about it. Because... It was the one time how their idea had backfired on them. What they just knew to be true had backfired on them. And that's basically what I'm referring to is how the idea of something is not that. And when I go back to that syndrome, the reason why I continuously have and have had problems in that world is because of the good nigger syndrome not only is it what white america's idea of me and how i should act it's then me turning around and trying to conform to what i think i'm understanding how they want me to act and it will never ever work like that so that's one of the arrangements that we need to change in Uh, the United States or Western civilization period, because if not, you're going to continue to have riots. You're going to continue to have looting. You're going to continue to have, uh, you're going to continue to have protesting that will get bloody or turn bloody again, because they're not changing those arrangements. And if Western civilization does not change those arrangements, those arrangements will be changed for them. So I just wanted to give you all just, you know, just my idea on what I think that is and what I what I think really just kind of plagues us, because that's how you can end up dying. Because if our if if what we're not, if if how we're acting doesn't fit the idea of how they think we should act, we can lose our lives. So I just wanted to say thanks for everybody who was listening. Um, I'm definitely going to come back with my co-host. It'll be a, a, a better format or a different format, at least. But I just wanted to at least you know, get this out there now because, uh, you know, maybe controversial as far as what I'm thinking. But I really wholeheartedly believe that that's something that we suffer from that definitely needs to change. So um, I appreciate you all listening and you all stay safe out there.